and it's not the way that you kind of grow up believing it's going to be, you know, but oh, it doesn't make it any less special. Welcome to Raw the Podcast with Amy and Grecian, where we talk real and raw with mamas who have had to fight and be fierce, who have been thrown curveballs and faced adversity. We discuss everything from premature birth and NICU life, special needs and infant loss, to those everyday mum life struggles we all feel. Nothing is off topic. We hope that by opening up and being vulnerable, we can break down the walls and start to remove some of the shame and stigma associated with these traumatic experiences while helping other mamas feel less alone. I'm Amy, special needs and medical mama to Premi boys James and Jack. I'm the founder of my own small business and support network, Miracle Mama, where I advocate fiercely for the infertility, Premi and special needs community. And I'm Grecian, mama of four girls, including two full-termers, Adeline and Macy, and a set of Premi twins, Hannah and Riley, born at 25 weeks. I'm an IVF warrior and am passionate about sharing the unfiltered ups and downs of motherhood. We don't share your average mama stories, and this isn't your average podcast. Raw is unrefined and breaks through the bullshit of navigating guilt, grief, and trauma. I mean, let's be honest, we've been through more shit than some could even imagine, so at this point we don't really have a filter. But with this being said, please note we do talk about sensitive topics in our episodes, which we know can be distressing. We give this warning simply to empower you, our audience, with the knowledge you need to make healthy decisions about how and if you should consume this podcast content. Please take care of yourselves and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. And lastly, let us assure you that it's not all bad and sad. It's a place to have real and raw conversations, ask those questions that may be playing on your mind, and above all, we hope to shine a light on the life-changing perspective and appreciation that only these experiences can give you. We share the overwhelming joys and triumphs that our little miracles bring to our lives, and we discuss the inspiration and hope we have gained from this community. While our experiences are individually unique, we are forever a part of something truly special, a community of fierce mama bears and their cubs navigating the storm, and together we'll roar. Welcome, roarers. Yay, we're finally in your ears again. It feels like it's been ages. We did miss our usual Insta Live in our off week thanks to a freak storm in Adelaide and I do feel like so much has happened in such a short period of time so I'm actually really missing you guys. I'm sure you figured out it's just Amy. Grecian is currently away so I'm recording the intro to this episode on my own which feels kind of strange and very lonely. (laughs) I'm not making any promises but I'm pretty sure we will be doing an Insta Live the night this episode drops the 24th of November so we can all get our Rora's fix and free therapy session in. But before we get into this episode, I just wanted to quickly say a huge thank you for another heartwarming review we received recently. Gabby titled her review, My Saviour, which just makes my heart so happy. She said, after having quite a traumatic nine months with my medically complex daughter, this podcast has been my saviour, as I've always been shy and have never had the confidence to reach out to others. Thank you, lovely ladies, for creating this podcast and helping those who need it most. We just love seeing when a new bit of feedback pops up or pops into our inbox and we just love seeing how and when you listen to our episodes as well. Knowing the listens we get are real people. I know it sounds silly, but 
that there's actually real people genuinely enjoying and getting something out of the content we bring. It really makes us feel so warm and fuzzy. So thank you. And it gives us the motivation to keep going because Lord knows we need it right now. All right, I don't have any other housekeeping this week, so we'll just go straight into introducing the episode. This week we spoke with another incredible guest. I say it every week, I know, but the people we have on this podcast are so bloody inspiring. This week's guest is Ellie, a mama of two boys up in the sky and one boy here on earth with another little guy on the way via surrogate. Ellie's story is another difficult one, but it's filled with so much hope and gratitude. I don't want to go into details here. As always, I prefer our guests to walk us through their journey themselves. But in short, we discuss the loss of her boys Taj and Lenny at 20 and 21 weeks of pregnancy due to an incompetent cervix. Her battle with unexplained infertility followed by multiple unsuccessful IVF attempts and an endometriosis diagnosis. Wow, that's a mouthful. (laughs) A NICU journey with 25-weeker Sunny. The harsh reality that her body is unable to carry more children and her current experience with surrogacy. As you guys will soon hear, she is filled to the brim with love at the moment as she awaits the arrival of her next little boy with her amazingly kind-hearted surrogate, Sarah. Ellie is open-hearted, vulnerable and completely transparent. We just love her passion for normalising conversations around the hard, taboo and often uncomfortable topics. She tackles her challenges with such grace and opens up about how she's learnt to surrender and trust the universe, to accept her journey, to find peace and hope and to welcome the path she was given. I do just want to pop in a disclaimer here that we had a lot of trouble with the audio this week. Unfortunately, our recording studio had a massive brain fart and decided to just lose a chunk of Ellie's audio, meaning I had to use a backup version and do a lot of really tricky editing. Um, So Ellie's audio is also quite muffled and I tried my very best with the editing, but I'm a perfectionist and I'm not, not really happy with it. So I'm really sorry. It's not really close to being up to scratch on my standards but please push through I promise you it is so worth it this story is everything (laughs) anyway enough of me let's get into it welcome Ellie thank you for joining us hi thank you for having me here hello (laughs) oh it's an honor I can't wait to hear this story because it's it's a very big story, but let's start with, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, including something that you love or something about you that's outside of being a mum and your journey? Yeah, sure. So, yes, I'm Ellie. Um, so I just say my family, I've got my husband, Luke, um, my son, Sonny, um, and then I've got our two little boys above, Lenny and Taj. Um, something about me outside of being a mum, I just love I love being active, mm-hmm. um, I love being mm-hmm. outdoors and I suppose that's my kind of escape and yep. you know, what I do for myself, um, yeah, yep. yoga, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And at the moment you're running for Premature Babies with us, you're doing such an amazing job with oh, your fundraising. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now that we're getting into it and like it's so just nice having people jump on board mm-hmm. and having that support. Yeah. It's so motivating, isn't it? It is. It like, is massively. Yeah, got yeah. home today from work and it's hot. Yeah, I was tired. I'm like, you know what? It's getting out there and yeah, yeah, it's good. You do. You catch a bit of a bug and like I find it so much easier when you've got a reason like this yeah. behind it to get out every day. Yeah. All right, so let's start right at the beginning. When did you and Luke decide to have a baby and were there any concerns or worries early on that this might be a difficult journey for you guys? 
Um, yeah, so not at all. So we, um, in 2015, we moved to Darwin um, for Luke's work. He got into the fire service up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were due to get married in December um, of that year. So we came back for our wedding. Um, and then after the wedding, we're like, oh, well, you know, let's just see what happens. And um, it was literally uh, probably the wedding night or the night after that we conceived Taj. Mm-hmm. Um, so pregnant straight away, we were like, oh, this is well, easy. easy like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is how it happened, isn't it? Um, and then a really just straightforward pregnancy, like 12-week scan, everything was good. I was feeling fine. Then we had the 20-week scan. Um, so, yeah, every, all the measurements, everything was fine. Um, and I reckon it was about two or three days after. And I'd had a bit of a cold and was feeling a bit flat. And I'd taken the day off work and Luke, was he was at work. And... I had a sharp pain in my stomach and I stood up and just had a gush um, of water come out oh and I was gosh. like far out like I didn't know. I knew it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that it was my waters that had broke, broken. Um, went to the bathroom. I was like panicky and then I just had another gush and then this time there was blood. And like, yeah, just being a first pregnancy and just so just – I was so unaware that anything could even go wrong, you know. Um, And so I called Luke and he's like, I'll be home, be home. He only works like around the corner. So he came home, um, just went to the hospital. I just remember just like, oh, Being in disbelief. Yeah. Yeah, just numb, like just hoping that everything was okay. Um, We got to the hospital. They put the um, monitor over my stomach and, they could see baby, but they could see, like, no fluid around. So, like, your waters have definitely broken. Um, we'll just need to do an internal. So when they went up, they saw that the cord, umbilical cord had prolapsed, um, which mm. meant that just, yeah, all, everything was, mm-hmm. was being cut off to baby and, you know, like, you've got, like, no choice. We're going to have to, um, yeah, get baby out. And at this gestation, um, he or she is not going to survive. So... And this was just, 20 weeks? Oh, 20 weeks, yeah. Wow. And so I just, I don't know, at that point was just so just numb and like just shaking tears. I just like, it's like, it's interesting like looking back now because I just know so much of what can happen and what can go wrong. But mm-hmm. at the time. You had no knowledge of any of it. Yeah. a shock. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't even know. I'm like, what, didn't even know what was going to happen next. Like that I actually had to give birth and deliver this baby um and so we and we were in darwin at that point on our own so we had no family up there i um, had a good support network of friends um but my parents flew up straight away um they gave me medication to induce like, the labor and then yeah taj was born like really quickly he um yeah i remember i actually went to the, needing to go to the toilet and feel like i needed to push and i put my hand down and i could feel his head there yeah. um and so they quickly rushed me to the bed and he then he came out and it was just like I back then I was just so scared like I didn't even want to look at him I just didn't didn't know what I was going to be seeing and mm. I remember they like took him away and they, they wrapped him up and dressed him and brought him back and we held him um but I, yeah I wish now, like I think back now, 
I'll, you know, be, I'll obviously go with Delta D Kareem with the others, but I wish that I had that time to be present with him, but it was just all such a shock and just yeah. too much. Yeah. yeah. And at that stage they didn't have any idea like why that had happened, why you you know, your waters had broken early? Um, so at that point they didn't. And I suppose that's the thing we were kind of we were left with no answers. It was unexplained. They Un- yeah, they called it like prom, so yep. preterm, um, perigeal preterm rupture of the membrane. So just that my waters broke early, there could have been an infection. I think they tested and they found um, like some sign of bacterial vaginosis, um, which is quite common, I yep. think, um, in pregnancy. They said that could have been linked, but they weren't sure. So we were left with no answers. Um, I remember having a follow-up and... Yeah, like in a way it was like, well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it was just, you know, a fluke and um, it won't happen again. But then it's like yeah, not having answers. It's just, yeah, you just don't have that closure. No, you just left um, in the deep end. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, after Taj, we were like, we just knew that we just wanted a baby in our arms, like right then and there. Mm-hmm. And so we mm-hmm. kind of thought, well, we'll start trying again. Um, and we got the all clear after I think about six weeks. They said there's no reason why mm-hmm. we can't. Um, and it didn't happen like first month, second month, and it, we got to a year, one year, um, still, nothing. still nothing. And we were just like, what is going on? Like, Especially because you, know, you fell pregnant so, so quickly, quickly the first time. Yeah. You would be questioning. Yeah. 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 And so this is the next thing. It's like, oh, I thought it was meant to happen so easily and so after 12 months um you know I was, I was trying everything like just eating so well not drinking we went and like I did homeopathy naturopath like everything everything like which I yeah everything um I think we've all done that here oh don't you think it's like you just want yep. to try and control everything that you can mm-hmm. um and then we went to um the IVF clinic um and they just said, yeah, unexplained infertility, like we can't really explain why, mm-hmm. not fully pregnant. Um, and it being 12 months, you have to wait 12 yep. months before you can start getting assisted reproductive help. Um, and so we went down the IVF route. Um, so we did a um, cycle and we got three embryos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so within the space of, I think it must have been a year and a half, we transferred all three and all three failed wow so like and and I think we went into it feeling really positive Mm. and even the specialists like you know you're young you've been pregnant before there's no reason why it's not going to happen so after three times like I remember the third time with our last embryo we'd come back down to Adelaide for Luke's 30th birthday and we, I got my period that day and then we had to go to his party mm. with all of our friends and so no one had any idea and I was just like, at that point, this is the end for us. Mm. Like I think we thought, you know, IVF was going to be the answer and mm-hmm. if that didn't work, then then what? Um, and it was just so, it was so consuming. Like it's mm. just such a like up and down, like, you know, trying to conceive. It's going to make me tear up. Yeah, consuming so, is the perfect word. It's full on. Yep. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And you're just like, unless you're in it, it's like you just can't really like fully understand just when you want something that much. 
and it's and not you've got no control and over everyone it. around yeah. you seems to be getting pregnant so yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so it was really tough and then we thought we had like I think must have been four or five months break we're like just break I call it a break but we definitely were still yeah. going you're still trying was, naturally yeah, you're still consumed by yeah. it but yeah and it's like you get you know lots of well-meaning people saying just don't stress no. I'm still young you know <laughs> If you just relax, it'll just happen. Relax. Those oh, just relax. Don't try so hard, yeah. <laughs> that we were talking yeah. about, Amy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And so we, um, anyway, we had, we came back down here. It would have been January 2019 um, to get a second opinion. So we went to the IVF cleaning up there. Um, they're connected to the one down here. So we went here. So in Darwin, there's like not a whole lot of specialists. So we had two up there um, that we could see. We came down here and we were referred to a lady um, just to kind of explore other things and just see if we could, you know, find any kind of answer as to why it wasn't happening. Um, and she straight away, like, started talking at my periods and she said, like, are they heavy? You know, she get a lot of pain. I thought, yeah, like, I, like, couple first couple of days and if I was like, Panadol, I'd be in bed and it's always been that way. She's like, oh, maybe we need to look into um, endometriosis. And mm-hmm. so... We, I went and had the scan and she's like, oh, I can see quite a bit of shadowing, mm-hmm. um, but the only way to find out is to go in through and do a laparoscopy. So they went in and they found it was like stage three, four mm-hmm. endo, um, all around the back of my bowel, um, wow. yeah, quite a bit. So she said it was quite superficial, so they were able to remove it all. Yep. Um, and then I fell pregnant naturally mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. month. So, it's amazing the difference. Yeah. The difference. Literally, wow. Literally yep. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And this, yeah. and this is that like part. I just am so passionate about sharing that because mm. that was like three years, and and I put it down to endo because I just feel like it couldn't have been that much of a coincidence. Yeah, mm. exactly the same with me. Yeah, you're the same like me. Yeah. 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 So that's we fell. So January, end of January, fell pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so this was sunny in there and so at this point I was just like okay I've done so much inner work but those three years of trying to conceive it was so hard but I don't know I just I had come to a place of peace that I was just like this is the journey for us and it's leading us somewhere and I'm just going to trust that we are going to have this baby um and it wasn't always that easy but I really did just learn to surrender to it and just Mm -hmm. try and trust the process so when we conceived with Sunny, I was like, you know, everything's happened up until this point and, you know, I feel really strong and prepared and this is the way it was meant to be. And so, yeah, we moved, we were in Darwin and I knew that as soon as I was pregnant, I was going to move straight back to Adelaide so we could um, just, there's just obviously more options for the specialists down here. Um, so it was April, I packed up and moved back down. Luke had to stay up there because he couldn't just leave work. So mm-hmm. I came down um, mm-hmm. and lived with my parents. So this was about, I was 14 weeks pregnant and I went on bed rest straight away pretty much. I was like, I just want to do everything I can. Mm-hmm. Like not, not so knowing you that. did that yourself? You put like... Um, so we went, oh, so we went to see, we found, had our specialist and... Mm-hmm. When we saw her, she was like, we don't know what happened. It could have been spontaneous. Um, they said, oh, she said, maybe, like, 
what will monitor your cervix. Like that, mm-hmm. that could have been um, the issue, Might have but been we an just issue. don't really know. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I was like, I didn't even really know what my cervix was. Like, yeah. Yeah. How crazy is that now? I'm like, it's like the death of yeah. me. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh, God, I hate my cervix. <laughs> um, yeah, so sorry. So we'd seen her and she was just monitoring. Mm-hmm. And then she was doing like weekly, at that stage, fortnightly scans internally as well just to check mm-hmm. the length of my cervix. And so it got to 17 weeks. And she noticed that my cervix had shortened like maybe two, three centimetres within a week or two wow, weeks. very quickly. So yeah. quite a considerable quite amount. Quite quickly in yeah. that short yeah. amount of time. And, yeah, and then so sorry, from that point then I was like, okay, bed rest, I'm going to just lay yeah. down, um, yeah, just try and keep the pressure off. Not that mm-hmm. they say that there's any evidence that it actually works. But, uh, mm. but doing me, anything to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and... So it was about a week and then we went back and saw her again and she's like, look, um, she's spoken to some like doctors over at the Women's and Children's and she, they want to put a stitch in. So a, a cerclage just to hold the cervix shut and just give us more chance of it, it staying shut. Yeah, especially with your um, history. And she yeah. said, given my past history, yeah. So she said that if, if that hadn't have happened, they probably would have just kept monitoring it. Um, yeah. But they did want to take that risk. So yeah. mm-hmm. I went in, it would have been like 18 weeks, had the stitch put in. Again, same as me. <laughs> really? Yes. And was that with Jack? Yeah, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Um, yeah, so had the stitch put in and then bed rest um, and then just weekly scans um, to check. Once the that stitch was put in, yeah. Yeah. And it was looking good. It was closed. Um, there was some funneling. So they were noticing that it was kind of a funneling means it's like opening up mm-hmm. to the stitch. It almost looks like a funnel, but the stitch was still doing its job and holding yep. the cervix shut. And then I remember I got to 25 weeks and we hadn't, we shared it with our family and we just kept it pretty quiet on social media. And I'm like 25 weeks. And I just always had that thought of like, okay, that's viability. And I felt like we, we're fine now. And I remember actually I went out for a coffee that morning with my girlfriends and I'm like, oh, should I be able to start walking again and maybe doing some yoga soon? And then got home that afternoon and I put a picture up just announcing it of um, taking a photo of Luke and I. Um, and then within an hour, I started having stomach pains. I thought it was just oh like um, gas and oh. I was feeling like, yeah, like a bit constipated. Um, and then like, if they started happening regularly, like on and off, and I, mm. like, I was like, this isn't right. And then I started timing them and it was like, yeah, every three minutes I'd get this pain. Mm. Little did I know that it was, yeah, I was having contractions. So we went to straight to hospital. Um, mm. They did an internal and then um, they told me that my cervix was completely opening. The stitch was just holding it shut um, oh and that my body was obviously fighting against the stitch. It was starting to yeah. go into labour. Yeah. Um, they said at this stage he or she is breech, so oh. it's likely that you have to have a caesarean. Um, mm-hmm. Now there is the risk that with a caesarean you um, have to cut 
they have to cut the other way. Is that right? Because the plastic. baby's so small. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're plastic in a hysterectomy. And I was just like, what? What the fuck is going on here? Oh. <laughs> and I remember the doctor, apparently she was amazing, but she was so blunt and just no bedside manners at all. And I was just, yeah, yeah. in absolute shock. Um, so we got, yeah, we're in hospital. They were giving us the, um, I can't remember what it's called, but you know the drugs to stop the contractions. Mm-hmm. They are. Amy will know what it's called. Nephetapine? <laughs> yes, that's it, yes. <laughs> Along with endo. And this went on for three days. So he stayed in there. My fist stitch just held the cervix shut. The medication stopped the contractions. They'd come back, but, like, yeah, I, they just they're mm. able to ease them. Did you have the steroids over that? those three yeah. days as well and the magnesium and everything else that yeah. comes with yeah. it, obviously. Yeah. I was going to say with your Premi twins, did you get the chance to have the same? Yeah. Yeah, which is a, like, I was just so grateful that we had those three days. Now I look back, yep. I'm mm. like, those steroids. Makes such a difference. Yeah. yeah. And so it got to like, yeah, the, the third was Friday morning and um, I started bleeding and I could feel the contractions are down so low. I was like, I'm, I just can't hold on anymore. And they did a scan and um, oh, they went up and they like, Look, yeah, your cervix is actually ripping. We have to take this stitch out. Took it out and within like a half an hour, I, was, I pushed and something came out. Mm. Um, and he was still in the sack. He hadn't burst. Oh, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, they, I, they put him on my chest, like just briefly. Um, wow. And they took him away. Um so, yeah, and then they just went, yeah, he went straight down to the NICU. Um, I had some Vegemite on toast. Was a good <laughs> I like that you remember <laughs> those little stuff. things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was just like, down there. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and it was just, ah, oh, so surreal. We'd done a tour of the NICU mm-hmm. um, just to prepare. Yeah, did you do the same? No, we didn't no, get one. Didn't get one in that time. So, yeah. So we kind of like knew. Um, yeah, what to expect. Yeah. and I mean, What it actually looks like. Before. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah he's just tiny, so tiny. Just, how, how much was he at birth? He weighed 780 grams. He's a pretty good size. Yeah. Decent size, yeah. yeah. that gestation it was. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the start of our Nikki journey. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 How was that? Was it up and down, I'm guessing, as all micropremies are? But, yeah, tell us briefly how his NICU journey went. Yeah, so I feel like we were so lucky. Like, for him, he like he just needed to grow bigger and stronger. I feel like he had probably the most worrying thing for us was his brain bleed, a grade two mm-hmm. brain bleed, and that yeah. resolved yeah. on its own. I remember, yeah, that being really stressful. Um, he like he's feeding. He was fed down. Is it through like straight to his bowel? Oh, I can't remember oh, yeah. the yeah. tube. TPT. Yeah. TBT tube. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so it took him yeah mm-hmm. a long time to tolerate um feeds in his stomach. Um, but apart from that, like it just yeah he kind of just took all the steps forward that he needed to. 
I think um, you deserved the luck. Like you say, you were lucky. I think that you uh, deserved that after everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like you just hope for any parent going to meet you that, yeah. you know, it's as yeah. sweet as possible, which it isn't. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. At the time, yeah, we we still stay in contact with um, lots of the NICU mums that we met. And, um, yeah, and obviously this community and you guys know that there's lots of long-term Long-term complications, it, it definitely mm. doesn't end no. when you leave the hospital, not always. Um, yeah, you guys know too well. And I feel like with Sonny, it was just real lucky. Like he's, he's fine now. I mean, sickness, you know, with obviously his lungs, and, mm. you know, are not as strong. So whenever he gets sick, mm-hmm. he gets quite sick. I'm noticing he, he's getting stronger now, but the first year or so it was, Tough. yeah, he was in hospital. Can you yeah. tell us about Sonny now? So he's three, right? Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about his personality. Oh, <laughs> he's a little pocket rocket. Like you've seen, like, you know, bits and pieces of yeah. social media, but he's just so funny. He's busy. He just comes out with the funniest things, like, <laughs> yeah, just like a little old man. <laughs> he says these things and you're just like, where did you yeah. get that from? Um, but yeah, he's just very resilient, resilient and just a go-getter. And I just feel like that was him when he was yeah. born. Mm-hmm. I think he was always going to be yeah. like that. So after Sunny, were there more investigations and discussions surrounding your pregnancies? And like, what did this involve? Um, yeah, I suppose after Sunny, we just felt like we had an answer. It was confirmed that mm-hmm. I had an incompetent cervix. Yep. <laughs> Um, and yeah, they we said future pregnancies we would look at getting a yeah. earlier, mm-hmm. um, a preventative stitch. Yep. Um, and we did explore the option two of a TAP, which is a trans abdominal cerclage, where they actually go into your stomach and they put the stitch right at the top. Wow. Um, and it, yeah, it stays in there until you've finished having children. Um, and it just means you, you need to have a um, cesarean. You can't have your ch- child naturally. Um, but I think it's controversial. There's not a whole lot out there. Yeah, I've never heard of that. information. Yeah. Do you know much about it, Amy? There's one very good doctor at it yeah. in Melbourne. In Melbourne? Dr AIDS. Dr AIDS. Meant to be the best of the best. Yeah. I, yeah, lots of the Facebook groups um, were yeah. telling me about this doctor, but yeah, apparently he's a genius at, um, at, at doing it. Yeah, and so we yeah. had that in the back of our mind too, um, but it, we just, we weren't um, actively trying. Sonny was, would have been one and a half, um, and then we fell pregnant, and I kind of, it, yeah, we we thought we won't we won't step ahead now. We know, you know, we know that it's my cervix. We yeah. know that we can get this preventative stitch. Like, I think this time we're going to be fine. Like, Taj, we got twenty weeks, and obviously that was just we had no idea. Sunny, twenty five mm-hmm. weeks. I feel like we're going to be able to get even further this time. And like, we just thought if we can even get over thirty weeks, like you know, we know or you know, we know mm-hmm. how much smoother, um, you know, or how much easier hopefully it would be than at Sunny's gestation. So we're feeling positive mm-hmm. about it. Um, we had our same obstetrician. She said, okay, 
optimum time is it was like 13 weeks we'll put the stitch in so oh, I went we was at the women's and children's I went there was this, the same doctor that put the stitch in this time and he said like you said this is long and closed now he's like do you want to just leave it for a bit longer and then we went through my history and he's like okay no no we'll just put it in and I was like yeah just put it in um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same, like, just, yeah, just do it. Just do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, not risking at all. So he <laughs> did that, and it was thirteen weeks, and then I was on modified bed, bed rest. So I was doing a little bit, not a whole lot. Our parents were helping out with mm-hmm. sunny heaps. I wasn't working. Um, I was feeling good, like it just yeah, so much anxiety, and it was just. I really had to work hard at just one day at a time and just really yeah. just celebrating those little wins and just getting, you know, each week, each week that I got further. Each week. Yeah, yeah, it was a massive yeah. win. Um, and then it's like, yeah, 21 weeks on the job. Luke was at work. I was at home. Sonny was in bed and I started having pains again. And straight away I was like, I know, I know what this is, like, this time like can't be happening it can't be mm. um and they were just on and off again but I just didn't want I just didn't want to believe that that's what was happening yeah, it's not yeah. happening again no. don't know yeah. yeah um wow. yeah and they'd gone to grill that night and I had like a burger and chips and I was like now maybe it's just indigestion maybe that's what it is just, like, yeah I'm, yeah. I'm too much <laughs> Hmm. Um, using trying to come up with any any excuse yeah. to not be yeah. the, what was really going yeah. on. Yeah, complete denial. Um, and then so yeah, Luke was at well at work. So my mother-in-law took me to the hospital, went into women's assessment. Um, where I'd been with Sunny, and at, we got to the hospital, and I had a bleed, like I could. I looked in my knickers, I could see blood. I was like, fuck, oh, this isn't good. And then they took me in. Um, yeah, they just saw that my cervix was opening again. The stitch was still holding it shut, but the cervix was completely opened. So, yeah, it started contracting. And and then my obstetrician um, came and she was like, you know what, if we can get four weeks, we can get four weeks, mm. like, It'll be 25 weeks of revival. I was just like, I just, I don't know if I can do that again. Like, of course, I'm going to try and going to do everything I can. We got to the hospital bed that night. It was like deja vu. Like, just laying there, giving me the drug. The same things over again. Yeah, but this time, like, the contractions didn't completely ease. I, they definitely slowed down, but they were still there. And I think it was like by 3 a.m. that morning. So I'd gone in about 9.30 that night. Um, I, I, again, I could feel the contractions really low. And it was just such a sharp pain. And I could feel my cervix opening. I could feel it against the stitch. And I, I just, I was like, I, I just can't do it. I can't, I can't keep this baby in anymore. Like, and my doctor, she, she, did an internal and she said, look, like your cervix is going to rip. We have to take the stitch out. She's like, do you want to see baby once more? So they put the ultrasound machine over. We know when he was a poison, but over him and 
just like this is just the coolest thing in the world. Like he was so happy just kicking around. Nothing wrong with him. Like he was healthy with my body that just could not keep him in there. Yeah, so they took the stitch out. I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to push. I just didn't want him to come out. I wanted him to stay in there. And I just, yeah, just remember it was just so awful because I knew exactly, you know, this has been twice now I'd had to go through this. I knew what was going to happen. I knew this time that he would come out and he wouldn't be alive. This time, Luke, you know, we were a lot more prepared. We knew that we wanted to hold him. We wanted to spend time with him. Um, Mm -hmm. He was born. They just took him away for a moment, brought him back to us. Yeah, Luke was hesitant, but he, I said after, I'm so glad that we had that time. That time with him. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. There's actually a couple of beautiful photos of you and Luke with Lenny. Um, there's one of Luke kissing him and it just in, in the crib mm, and, oh, my gosh, my that. heart. It's just, oh, the emotions in that photo. Yeah. Oh, and, and I just, like, I really love those photos. Like I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm always looking at them and we didn't get that with Taj. Like we didn't get any photos with Taj. I've got his feet and that was all that, that they took um mm. but I'm just so glad that we had that time with Lenny and we had we had a photographer come out and, and take those photos um, which was beautiful mm, yeah. at the hospital did mm-hmm. um yeah so it was like I remember we we laid there we ordered dinner and we just sat there with him and um yeah even like our parents came and saw him and we just really like just yeah really embrace that time and um and I'm just so glad that we did um mm. yeah 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 so I want to touch on I don't want to make any assumptions but I do feel that there would have been some blame of yourself and a feeling of inadequacy like you have said essentially you felt like your body was failing it was your body that wasn't able to keep him inside and growing to term so talk us through this part of it and the emotions and feelings that you had yeah so this has been probably like one of the hardest things that I've had to work through and still I feel like I'll be working through this for it it'll be there forever um I suppose the guilt of not being able to keep my baby safe like you know as a mum that's just naturally what we need to do yeah that's yeah yeah, the guilt of like letting Luke down and you know him having to go through all of this as well. You know, I just feel like oh, I went through some really dark moments after Lenny, especially. I just feel like everything came crumbling down. Just coming mm-hmm. to terms with the fact that my body just can't, just can't do it. You know, and just just holding so much blame for everything. And for everyone, you know, my family, everybody that has mm. lost these babies and lost so much is feeling like it was all my fault. So I suppose, like, what I have done and what I continue to do is just really, like, had to go deep and just think about these ingrained beliefs and these ingrained narratives that we are told, like, as women, like, that 
getting pregnant is meant to be easy. Carrying a baby, you know, is meant to come naturally. So is giving birth. And then the postpartum, actually being a mum, you know, we're naturally meant to be able to do it. But it's not the case Mm. for so many of us. And, you know, being in this community and, like, now I know I've just connected with so many other women that it hasn't happened easily Mm -hmm. for them and things have gone wrong. And I feel like this narrative that we're made to believe sets us up to feel like we're failing. So for me, it's been a lot of work on, like, just, yeah, just kind of coming to a place of acceptance that I didn't choose for my body to do this. I didn't choose this condition. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, any other illness that someone has, but they don't choose that. If I could have kept my baby safe, I would have done everything I could, but this was out of my control. But she just seemed to be dealt with. I just think it's so cruel. Um, Mm. But I didn't choose that. And I think it's that self-talk as well. It's like I'm just trying to, yeah, just change the way I think about it and change the way I talk to myself because I know, like, like logically, I know it's not my fault, but then it's just that natural instinct and that, you know, feeling like we should be able to protect our babies and which I haven't been able to, but it's a battle. You know, it's like, I hope that, does yeah. that make sense? Like it's just. Yeah, I, 100%. Yeah. yeah. You actually wrote a beautiful post um, that I think just explained this perfectly. You said, through the heartache, I have learned that bringing a baby into the world isn't always as easy as we are conditioned to believe, that being a woman doesn't mean that falling pregnant or carrying a baby will come naturally, as we are also conditioned to believe. It's been a lot for me to process, but I've worked hard internally to let go of this narrative, and I'm now at a point where I honestly feel a sense of peace and acceptance that this is the journey that is meant for me in this lifetime, that I am not any less of a woman or mother because of the struggles I have experienced. What amazing words. It's just so powerful. And you're actually sharing your story and your journey with others so that they know that they're not alone and that their ability to fall pregnant or carry a baby does not define their worth as a woman in a society that so inherently makes us feel that way. Yeah, I just had to share that. I think your words are so perfect there. And even just coming on to the podcast and sharing your story is, you know, fighting some of that stigma and trying to sort of break the silence and raise awareness. So, yeah, you're incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think that's like, I, and that's why I share is I just, like, because I, I know that, you know, this kind of stuff happens so much. It really does. And I just don't want others to feel alone. And I just feel like I've got this voice and I feel like when I share, it just, yeah, I'm, I know when I, I get so much strength and so much comfort from others yep. sharing, you know, yeah. and I just hope that I can do the same um, just because yeah. we're not alone and needs to be talked about more. And I know that's exactly why you guys are here and it's amazing what you're doing. You're right, Gretchen. Big emotions in this one. Oh. <laughs> yep. They always get to me. Always. Mm. Oh. Oh. It's all right. Okay. Okay. I want to give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's go into the surrogacy journey. 
So lead us from so where it began, how you decided, how you came to that, how is it done in Australia? Because obviously I've heard it's very, very hard. Yeah. Um, I've got some um, notes for this because I just want to get right, like just explaining it because it is mm-hmm. quite a yeah, there's a lot. process yeah. and it can be quite yeah. complicated. And I, I feel like I'm in this world now, so I just know it so well. But for a lot of most people that I speak to about it, they're like, wow, like you mm-hmm. like just have yeah. no idea. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I just I love sharing this. And, yeah, I'll take you back to the beginning. So we, So mm-hmm. after we lost Lenny. Uh, it was literally, I remember we went we went away to Port Douglas, asked him just to have a break and so clearly remember Luke and I driving along and we were just like, we had, we'd had surrogacy in the back of our mind thinking maybe one day as a last resort and then we just thought, well, maybe we need something about this more seriously. And I think I was the real driver. I've been the driving force from the beginning um, and... I don't know if this sounds really silly, but I just feel like for me, I'm like, this is the one thing I can do. I can be in control of making sure this happens and giving mm. us another baby. Like, and for Luke, I'm like, you know, I'm doing this. For yeah, us. you've got that fire in your belly. Mm. Yeah. And I like just think, was thinking, and I still do now, I'm like, are we crazy? Like, <laughs> we just didn't want to give all. up. And, yeah. you know, no, and no. it was so we were grieving. We yeah. were so devastated. But, you know, when you have that desire, like, I just... It's not going to go away either. Like No. Yeah. I remember just on one of our posts that I wrote, um, I'm like, alongside our grief, we're just going to continue to hold on to hope because I could just mm. not let go of hope because if I let go of hope, then it's let go of everything because hope is what okay. has got me through everything. Can I just ask, sorry, quickly... Did your specialists um, sort of have the discussion after Lenny of other options or if you should consider other options or if you should not have any more children? Did they lead you anyway? Mm. Yeah, sorry, I mean, that's a good, I think, yeah, should touch on that. So they said to me that um, there's, if we were to have another child, it would be a higher chance that this would happen again. Um they said that with my case of cervical incompetency, it was quite unusual because my body started contracting. It wasn't painless. Like often when a cervix opens, it's painless. So with the contractions, there was a bit of mystery there okay. too. She said that, you know, I said, what about the, the, the tap, the transabdominal cerclage? She said you could look into that, but, you know, what if your body started you know, fighting that, yeah, again. rejecting that almost. Fighting uh, that, yeah, yeah. And I think then we just came to the conclusion that if we didn't have 100% guarantee that everything was going to go right, then we wouldn't do it mm. again. We couldn't do it again. And I feel like in any pregnancy you're never 100% guaranteed. Are you? And I just think, yeah, we were like, just, I just, we couldn't go through the risk of that. No, with all that trauma and the heartache and, yeah, even just the the risk, um, having that anxiety of what could have happened again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we knew that that wasn't an option. And then she could talk about surrogacy, but she's like, you know, it's something that you need to sit and think about. Um, it's not easy. Um, 
So we kind of thought, oh, okay. And then yeah, that's when we started looking into it a bit more ourselves. So, yeah, we were looking into it um, while we were away, looking in overseas, like commercial surrogacy, um, you know, and, and there's different places overseas. They have, they have like massive agencies that, you know, you just give them your money and it's all, Done. they find the surrogate. Um, it's all pretty streamlined and straightforward. So we looked into that and then we came back home, back to Adelaide and I started just, like I joined this surrogacy Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So I joined a couple of those. And then there's a lady um, called Sarah Jefford and she is a surrogacy lawyer. She's been a surrogate and an egg donor. And wow. she's like the surrogacy guru. Yeah. And she has written, yeah, she writes blog posts on every topic imaginable, the process. Um, she's got a podcast mm-hmm. where she interviews surrogates and intended parents. So I just really delved into all of her um, resources. Doing research, yeah. Research, yes. And it was just, you know, just taking that step forward, just kind of, yeah, just it was exciting um, but so overwhelming. Mm, I was just going to ask, um, was it overwhelming mm. with the amount of information and oh, what it takes? and Yeah, because it's not, there's not really any clear, like, okay, this is what you need to do. It's, like, quite complex and they say finding a surrogate is one of the hardest parts so we've been told that the amount of intended parents far outweigh the amount of surrogates and that's why often um parent intended parents will go overseas um but like often the way you'll find a surrogate is through your social network or your extended social network so putting it out there Mm -hmm. People um, you know. Mm. Is, but if you don't, yeah, that's the only way you're going to find out if there's someone out there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so I think I was lucky in the way that, like, because I've been so open with sharing, you know, like, I already had that connection with people and I suppose in a way people were invested in, you know, mm. in what we were, we were going through. And I put a, po- a blog post up and I just said, like, just you, you can't advertise. So this is one thing you ah. can't. You can't advertise, but in a roundabout way, mm-hmm. I just said that this is what, what we're doing and we're hoping that we'll find this special person. Put it out into the universe. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I put that up and, oh, my goodness, like, yeah, I just had so much. It was just amazing, like, so much support from all of our family and friends and, you know, we had in the end up that there was, maybe three, three women that had offered wow. and even a couple of family oh members. Gosh, and yeah. I, it just opened us up to this whole another world, like just how kind and selfless mm. humans can be. Um, and, and so we met, yeah, we met our surrogate. I'd met her previously. She photographed the wedding that I was in, my girlfriend's wedding, and this was the previous year. Mm-hmm. And then she reached out to me and she said, look, like, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've oh, finished wow. having my children now. Yeah, and so we caught up and, um, yeah, we, like, just started seeing each other more regularly. Um, just so, it was just so easy right from the beginning. Oh, that's, um, that's, that's tearing me, that making just... me tear up. That's just so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> it's like... It's been like such, the relief you must oh, have felt. Such a yeah. beautiful journey, and I just I'm just so grateful to found her, and 
yeah, going through. So we found her and then we um, were just catching up and kind of like, you know, almost like it's almost like dating and it's like, yeah. And then it came to the like <laughs> decision, like, well, do you want to do it? And yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, and so that's when we started like looking into the process more. Mm-hmm. Now, sorry, I backtrack at this stage. So we had already made embryos. So this was like, so in December, that Christmas after we lost Lenny, we um, went to yeah the IVF clinic and we had to go through IVF mm-hmm. um, and we made three embryos and they so they were frozen ready to go. Yeah. That was the first step. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started catching up with that and meeting and catching up with our surrogate after that. That was for the next few months. So from there we went back to the the IVF clinic. And so they have a surrogacy program, and so they pretty much coordinate everything um, for you. Well, that's good. Yeah. So it, it was just because we knew that, you know, there was lots of boxes that had to be ticked. We just had no idea in what order mm. we needed to do it and mm-hmm. where we needed to go. And it needs to, to be, and... like, lawyers involved and counselling and everything, doesn't there? Yeah, yeah. So I just wrote down a few points here. So just so, like, everyone that's listening knows that it's – so surrogacy is – legal in Australia mm-hmm. it must be altruistic so unpaid so the only thing that you can cover is anything related with the pregnancy or, or mm-hmm. post birth um, mm-hmm. so there and there's some principles that basic principles that are common um, that you have to meet so the intended parents must qualify so you mustn't be able to carry a baby yep. or or get pregnant so for us we just had to get a clearance from our doctor saying that we it was unsafe for us to carry. Um, so that was the mm-hmm. first step. Another thing is that the surrogacy agreement. So once you actually go through the process, this is a big one. So you go, you both see um, lawyers independently, mm-hmm. and you have your own agreement drafted, and then that they put them together. Um, but the surrogacy agreement is actually not enforceable, meaning that if the surrogate they wanted to keep the baby or if the intended parent didn't want the baby that this agreement actually isn't yeah isn't enforceable so wow, okay. they say it's, wow. a, it's a big yeah it's built on trust yeah 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 um which can be quite it was overwhelming that's very yeah daunting to hear as well that that if you go through yeah, all of this yeah. and then if she mm. doesn't like live up to her side and or she wants that bait like oh yeah so much to... even though it's your embryo yeah because she's the she's given birth she's the carrier the baby oh so when, wow when the baby's born her and her partner will be on our baby's birth certificate yeah so we then have to do a parentage order so we have to go through the courts mm-hmm. um and to get the, the yeah the parents' names changed, changed to our names, so wow, yeah. Um, and you know what? Like now, I just feel one hundred percent comfortable. I just feel like yeah, oh, that's amazing. I, yeah, I, I just trust trust her. Mm-hmm. I trust this process. I trust everything so much. But it is quite daunting when you, mm. you first start looking into surrogacy. But they do say that you know in Australia it is. It's very uncommon for anything to go wrong. Yeah. And it's funny, I remember reading, you know, um, in a few places that 
anyone would think oh, that, you know, you'd worry about the surrogate wanting to keep the baby, but in actual fact, often the surrogate's more worried that the intended yeah, parent yeah. isn't going to want oh, the baby once yeah. it's born. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I mean, there is, like, it's a rigorous process that you have to go through. So once we had gone through IVF clinic mm-hmm. um, and said, look, yep, we're going to, we found our surrogate. Um, she just had to get, have a medical done to make sure that she was healthy and fit to carry a baby. Mm-hmm. So she had that done. Um, and then you pretty much pay a fee um, to the IVF clinic and they start to coordinate for you. So... We had to see a psychologist, mm-hmm. so we'd have, like, counselling sessions. Yep. So we had them, Luke and I had them on our own. Um, our surrogate and her partner had them on their own, and then we had one together, so three in total. And then, so Luke and I had to see a lawyer, our surrogate had to see a lawyer, um, and then we both had agreements written up, and then they were, they were combined. It was another part of it. Um, we all had to have police checks. Wow. Okay. Um, done. So yeah. Luke, yeah, Luke and I, and <laughs> yeah, um, and Sarah, and and then I think that was like that was the main part. Yeah, and then from there, it was just in some states they actually have a panel where like everything kind of goes to this panel and they approve it. Mm. But in South Australia, it's just once you've got everything Once you've ticked off, everything off, then that's... Um, yeah, then, yeah, then that's it. So we actually got through it pretty quickly and it was a pretty smooth process. It actually was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I was just feeling so overwhelmed and I feel like it's just not clear on what needs to be done. But I think both... Yeah, Sarah and I, we were both really proactive. Mm-hmm. I think even her more so. She's like, this is what we need to do, this is what we need to do next. So it was just like, just, it's, you're such a team. Like, yeah. you just have to, yeah, really work together. And we just got, got it done. Got so it done. special. It's and, really um, special. You'll have a bond forever. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's amazing. And yeah, I just, and so yeah, we did the transfer. That was in July, was it? It would have been July. Um, so three embryos, we did the first transfer. So how it works is so with IVF, you would go in and they would put your embryo mm-hmm. inside of you. So they took our one of our frozen embryos, so it's biologically ours, um, and placed in Sarah. And then the two, two weeks wait happens. And she, I remember she had this one pregnancy stick left over from her last baby, her, who's, she's almost two now. And she just never wanted to part with it. Mm. And she said, oh, it's not done. And she said, that's why. I, I needed it for you. Um, but then she realised it was out of date because we only put another one. <laughs> and she just randomly, <laughs> like, I needed to be accurate. Um, and then sent me the, the stick with two lines. And this is like a week oh. later. Um, yeah, and I just, I was like, this is too good to be true, you know? like Yeah, pinching yourself. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I think it's just it's just been so enjoyable. Like I've loved it. Mm-hmm. It just opened me up to this whole new world and I'm like, yeah, how can people be so beautiful and so giving and for nothing in return? Just mm, the yeah. fulfillment that mm. she gets seeing us have another baby in our arms. 
Um, do you kind of feel like this was always the path that maybe was meant for you? Yeah, Is that, do you get a bit yeah. of that feeling? Yeah. I do. And I like, you know, obviously would give anything to have my boys yeah. here. But I just think, I don't know, it just all kind of makes sense that it, this, like, you know, we both, Sarah and I say, there's just been these weird synchronicities that, I don't know, just, you know, when you know, just something feels yeah. like it is meant to be. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, um, I think this has been definitely part of my healing is just accepting this other way. And I think this is something too that I want, I just really want to share with others. Is, and, I, and I hope that I can, you know, give others hope that there could be another way. Yeah. And it's not the way that you kind of grow up believing it's going to be. You know, but oh, it doesn't make it any less special. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So wonderful. Yeah. And have you guys sort of talked about what it will look like post birth? Like, do you have to make some arrangements for for that in all of this? Um, I suppose it's just it's yeah. It depends on um, I suppose the team, the surrogate, yeah. and the intended yeah. parent, like our like we're both pretty laid back and we've kind of just you know, both very much on the same page that we'll just you know mm-hmm. see what happens and just go with yeah. it and you know yeah I mean as far as like seeing each other's mm-hmm. lives yeah. like uh, yeah I couldn't imagine not yeah you know yeah. I, like I just think we're just yeah they're in something so special it's just so easy and you know I love mm-hmm. we love catching up um last weekend we had my family over and surprised them. Oh, she came over and met how special our is that? families. They're like, oh my god, it's just mm. so real now. Real that yeah. they've yeah. Because um, how, how far yeah. along ish, like gestation wise? Yeah, now? which will be um, so tw- almost twenty three weeks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so mum and mum, so thankful and grateful something mm. so special yeah yeah I'm, sure, I'm like I've been saying Sarah's name she won't care Sarah so Sarah's yes. just like she just doesn't see it as a big thing she's so just just so humble generally but she's like I just feel like if you can carry a baby and it's you know you have good pregnancies like she's like you know be short term this is just a little thing yeah. that I'm giving for oh. your future and your generations to come. She's like, oh, oh, yeah, no, but it is such a big thing you're doing, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And I think that's one thing that I, I, I really struggle with is just there's only so many times I can say thank you. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. every day I want to message and be like, I love you, you're so great, yeah. thank you, but I can't. And yeah. oh, I know she knows and, yeah, yeah but. Oh, that's yeah. got me. That hit yeah. my heart. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And like, how is how has Luke been through all of this? Yeah, he's, like at the start, I think it was a bit. I don't know a bit because I caught up with Sarah. He hadn't met her yet, and for me, I could just like I've got this friendship. Yeah. Like he's a woman, mm. I'm a woman. Like it's just mm-hmm. you know it's easy. But then he was like, oh, it's a bit different, like. Mm. But then once he met her and he's like, oh, she's just perfect. Like, mm-hmm. And it kind yeah. of just, yeah, he's been so excited. I think at the beginning just trying to get his head around like our baby being another woman. And, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it the was a lot. The concept of it, but, yeah. Yeah, we kind of just knew, well, that's what we 
going to have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's been great. Um, yeah, we're just so happy. And you're having another boy. Another boy, I know. Oh, yeah. I am. Oh, I'm like, logically, I'm like three boys. Yeah. It'll be a girl. It'll be a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and this has been the nicest thing. It's just, I feel like we so with our past pregnancies, with Sunny, we found out but it was when, like, she had hit the fan and we just needed control over yes, something. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it was, it was really exciting, but there was just so much stress. Whereas this time I'm just, like, I'm just embracing every single part mm-hmm. of this pregnancy. Yeah. And I have to just, I've got this, like, in my in my head, this suitcase of, like, my past trauma and everything that I've, we've gone through, and I just put it, put everything in there because it comes back I'm like even now mm. at this gestation I'm like oh yeah 23 yeah. weeks like I just want to yeah. get 25 weeks and I'm like hang on a second I you know I, I don't need to worry it's, it's different this time I'll try and separate um, the, yeah separate yeah yeah but anyway sorry I've, I've tracked in but yeah so I was like I had some videos we've got the balloon did you mm-hmm. say, Amy? The, we yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, we yeah. popped the balloon. Yeah. I was just so excited. I loved, I loved your caption. You're like, we're very good at making. And then a little blue love heart. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 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 And it just, yeah, and Sunny was funny. He was like, I was like, if it's pink, it means a girl. Blue, a baby boy. And he's like, oh, like that. don't worry, mum. When it pops, I'll catch the baby. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, that's like, the oh, best. Oh, that's the cutest. Yeah. Oh, so innocent. Yeah. So innocent. Yeah. yeah. So literal. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah. little brother. And now it's like I just feel like of course it's gonna be a boy. I always knew yeah. it was gonna be a boy, but I think yeah. in my head I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Amy, you're a boy mama and just having two boys is the best. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. 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 And yeah. they're just like the best little mates. I mean, I always had this thing that I wanted a, like wanted another baby to, and to have a girl. But yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine it being like that this is this is my journey and I couldn't imagine it being any different. Yeah. 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 I so feel you there. Just yeah. Very yeah. very busy. <laughs> just be prepared to yeah. be busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any advice for others who might be going through something similar? I mean, I know you've been through a lot um, and you've actually given some beautiful advice already, but is there anything mm. sort of that you've learned about yourself mm. through everything you've been through that you want to share? Um, I suppose I have learned that I'm definitely stronger and more resilient than I could have ever imagined. And I feel mm. like we all are. We all have this strength and resilience inside us. And we, you know, and you guys would be the same. You look back at what you've got through and you're like, far out, how, how did I get through that? Like if you knew that that was what you were going to go through, mm-hmm. like you, you couldn't have imagined it, but we do. So I just think mm-hmm. like, yeah, sometimes it's just that one step, one day at a time. And that for me has been, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, yeah, big thing that I've lived by the last year or so is just, yeah. Yeah. Just getting through the day moment and knowing that, knowing that day at a time, everything is temporary. You know, as easy as that is to say at the time, it's not, but, but it is. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I mean, with like fertility, you know, conceiving, um, 
even loss. I just feel like with Eric probably comes under all of it, but just uh, to stay in your own lane, which is really that's easier said than done as well. Mm. But yeah, you know, everyone's journeys are so different. And it's, especially in the world of social media, it's so easy to get you see, you know, all the everything going right, everyone getting pregnant, all the you know. Yeah. But it's not yeah. yeah not 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 always like that it's not often like that yeah um yeah and I suppose like one other thing is like just finding your people finding your community and just like Mm -hmm. yeah social media has been the biggest godsend because like I I try and imagine like not having it and I'm like I would have just Mm. felt so alone like yeah you know I just I don't feel like I've got many people and anyone really that been through what I've been through but then I've been able to connect with women all over the world that you know mm. have been through exactly the same things or you know that you guys know you, this is the community yeah. like yeah. you just <laughs> absolutely don't alone yeah. <laughs> and I think that's like a big part of it so yeah. I feel like yeah find your people mm-hmm. find that community yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's yeah it does it yeah. it's the one thing that can get you through at the end of the day, I found that oh, 100%. The, the online support was where I'd reach whenever I needed to be lifted up and that would be what would get me through. So, yeah, we get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, and I feel like one, one other thing is just hope. I'm like, I always thought about hope. But yeah. yeah. I just think, oh, I actually wrote down this quote from Sophie that she you shared on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so fitting. It's like even in tragedy there can be beauty, even in despair there can be hope. And mm. you just shared, did you share it the other day on yeah. one of your posts? Yeah. It's the most beautiful I saying. Yeah. There can be. Yeah. And I just, like, I look at that and I just think about our journey. I'm like, even in tragedy there can be beauty. I think from everything we've been through, the, the biggest gift that I've been given is perspective and just, mm. you know, knowing how precious life is. Yeah, and I just I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that I life is just more fulfilling and meaningful because, and I always say it's because of my boys. They've they've yeah, taught me so much. You know, yeah, they've taught me the meaning of life for sure. Yeah. Um, and then in the despair, there can be hope. You can always always hold on to hope, and that's what we've done. And it's bloody paying off now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh, it makes me so happy to see you smile oh, like yeah. that. Mm, yeah it's incredible yeah yeah and I think like you and Sophie both have been through more tragedy and heartache than most people will ever Mm -hmm. experience so for you to to pull up her quote I just think Um, yeah you guys are yeah wow I don't know many people that have endured what you guys have and still have that perspective and that outlook on life no oh um, yeah, I think she's bloody amazing. I really enjoyed listening to her the episode the other. So many other people day. have said that they listened to yeah. that episode and then were inspired to join the the Premier Marathon Challenge. There was about four people that messaged yeah. me and they're like, "I've had to sign up because oh, she's just it. amazing." Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my god! Like, I got so much out of that episode, and I have been telling people like, even the it was crazy with the singlet and the running bear. How mm-hmm. it was. A mum in the NICU. Yes. Was she the, the founder of Running Bear? And yeah. That's how yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That yeah. community again. Yeah. 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 So, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, shall we jump into the end of the episode? Do our something mm-hmm. I want to forget and something I want to do again? Yep, Ellie can go first. <laughs> yeah, throwing you in the deep end. Me <laughs> yes, so sub- oh. Yeah, so something you want to do again and something you want to forget. From this week. From this week. Okay, well, <laughs> something that I want to forget is um, the amount of champagne that I drank at the Melbourne Cup. That was the first thing that sprung to mind. That's great. We went to, I had a uh, lunch with my mum and so we had such a great time but I'm like, just drank too much mm-hmm. champagne. And then I had to parent on my own. Oh, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, that's certainly that's yeah, a, that's the that moment you want to forget yeah, don't that again. <laughs> the next day. <laughs> it's great at the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. yeah, yeah, it was so much fun at the time. Um, and then something that I want to do again. Um, so we've just recently moved house, um, and this has been a big part of like new beginnings. It's, yeah, pretty exciting, but. We've got a big backyard and we had like a few friends and their kids over yesterday for lunch. The sun was shining, we had a barbecue. Yes. And I was just like, it's so nice. And I just can't wait to make more memories in this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that's, that's beautiful. Heart was so full after yesterday. So definitely want to do more of that. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. similar to mine. Yeah. I'll go, go because, then. yeah, that Ooh, leads on. Go. <laughs> so my something I want to f- forget is I swear every episode I have to bring up Jack's poo. But um, I was going to say. He, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't go an episode without talking about poo. But anyway, uh-huh. Jack did the worst poo explosion ever. It was a, like, put him in the shower and wash him off type Aww. of explosion. Oh. Yeah. So we're. Yeah, we've gone completely backwards there. Yeah, I was going to say that's... So I want to forget. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's another another day's topic, another day's problem. (laughs) Um, Something I want to do again was yesterday as well, Ellie. The weather here in Adelaide was incredible. Um, We spent the day outside. Scott went and got us lunch from a new little bakery called Little Birdie that's just opened Mm -hmm. in the next town over and we had... The most incredible pies and ice lattes ever. That's my. I want. Oh. I want another one. I want one now. You want another one? You want to do it again now, right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just a lovely oh. day. It was a lovely day. Sunny. I love days like and that. Just enjoying the backyard. Yeah. 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 Your new place looks so beautiful too. I know. Way. I'm so yeah. jealous. Yeah, that's we love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's far. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stop sharing it, please, Amy. <laughs> Making Sorry. everyone jealous. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your turn. Right, something I want to do again is so we had the Bod Society launch party on Saturday. I yes. enjoyed myself thoroughly, even though I was working, and it was nice to get dressed up and be out of mum, daggy mum clothes yes. and wear heels, even though my feet were really freaking sore the next day. Um, yeah, so it's just <laughs> nice to get dressed up and socialise. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was quite nice. Yeah. So I want to do that again. And then mine was going to be poo as well. I just want to forget oh. how many nappies I've changed, pooey yeah. nappies I've changed this week. Like I'm just yeah. done with pooey nappies. Done. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, all. I feel you. I feel you. Oh. Yeah. I forget that yeah. and I'm going to have to go back to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the hard hard part is that, yeah, well, for me, I feel like we should be beyond that. That's what I'm struggling with at the moment. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Which you understand, Grace. I'm struggling with that as well. Yeah. 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 
But no, anyway, yeah, yeah. Enough about again. Poo. Another topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Ellie. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been a thank amazing, you. a godsend, You're a breath of fresh air. Such a beautiful soul. Oh, and your journey. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Me honestly. Too. Yeah. For oh. sharing the ins and outs of everything from the start to now. Just. Yeah. Oh, it's very, it's very so vulnerable deserving and brave. Of this little bubba that's yes. coming. Can't wait to see. Yeah. 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 And enjoy this pregnancy. Yeah. You can just really. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so yeah, could all up. Yeah, so yeah, so deserved, and this is yeah, yeah so beautiful to see oh. that smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's lighting up your whole face. Oh, I just so want much. to give you like squish your yeah. cheeks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> all right. Thanks, yeah. Ellie. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah, thanks, thanks you Ellie. Thank you, Zinger. Bye. Bye.